Let us review where uh, we began last time and where we got to. So last time around, as a reminder, we're in Machs or Lev Shalem for the most part. And we're also looking at the prayer playbill uh, somewhat in part. In Machs or Lev Shalem, we've gotten as far as all the way through the Torah service for Rosh Hashanah, including the Shofar service. We looked at the Shofar service last week, the Shofar service that is much shorter than we even think the Shofar service is going to be, right? What's the Shofar service really? Except plunked in the middle of the Torah service, we have a quick psalm, and then the Shofar blower says a few blessings, and the Shofar caller calls out the different trills, and the Shofar blower blows. That's the entirety of the Shofar service, right? And then we return to Ashrei, Yehalelu, the psalm, returning the Torah to the Ark, and the Torah service is done. Does anyone have any lingering questions on Torah service or how the Torah service is done on Yom Tov, on High Holy Days, on anything else? Anything about the five, six, or seven aliyot? Anything about how this year Torah service will be navigated or Haftarah? Any lingering questions there? Okay, great. Then we got deep into Musaf, okay? So Musaf, which begins somewhere around page 141, sort of, kind of, sort of. So Musaf begins a few different ways, a couple different places. Begins, first of all, if we are with a minion, no matter what, with a whispered Amidah, right? So first, the classic Kaddish that is our classic Nusach that heralds the start of the Musaf service. And after that finishes, the whispered Amidah follows. If we're with a minion, it takes a while because it's lengthy. And then we went through how after that's finished, there's the prayer of the prayer leader, usually of the Chazan or Chazanit, uh, called the Hinani prayer. We took a look at that. And then we skipped over to see the beginning of the repetition of the Amidah. Last time, I also walked you through a little bit what's going to happen this year, at least in the traditional and truncated sort of full liturgy service, but full liturgy done without a minion in the room, how we're going to handle it two different times. The first day of Rosh Hashanah, we'll go through the entire repetition, so to speak, of the Amidah together. We'll basically daven side by side. We'll pray the Amidah side by side. And on the second day, we'll do a whispered Amidah privately. And when we quote unquote, repeat the Amidah together, we won't really repeat the whole thing because we can't say all that liturgy out loud without a minion in person, but we can do lots of bits and pieces of it together. So we went through a lot of it. When we took a look at it at the beginning, what did we notice about the very beginning of the Amidah? Was it identical, similar, or or very different than other Amidas? So, like, the very, very beginning is always the same, right? It is always the same as any other Amidah, the first three brachot. And the end. And the end as well. The first three and the last three are the same. And I would even go so far as to say identical to Shachrit. Right? So all those extra insertions as well, 
the Misod Hachamim insertion that's there, the Zohrenu Lechaim, the extra Micha Mocha insertion that takes place, all of those extras are there. Even the extras, as we talked about last time, as Barbara pointed out to us, even the extra insertions that take place before the Kedusha, those two that stretch out at Shahri also stretch us out at the Musaf service as well, including Unatana Tokef, which includes within Unatana Tokef, this beautiful poem that asks us to consider the coming year's mortality situations and rates. Right, So all of that is identical to the earlier service. We get through the beginning of the Kedusha on 144. We went through that all. We went through the Piyut. We went through the whole thing where just like in Shachari, the Kedusha doesn't quite end. We went through this whole Bechol Ma'aminim Piyut and skipped over it on uh, three pages 148. We looked at page 149 and 150. We saw there was a giant poem. We went through page 151 and 152 and we talked about how the meat of Musaf was talking about the longing for the return to the Avodah, to the work of Musaf itself, including and up until we get to page 153, when we even have the insertion for Shabbat Musaf, right? For the offering for the Avodah, the sacred work of Musaf on Shabbat. Skip the middle paragraph on 153, look at the bottom of the page, a little supplication in preparation for the first of the three sections, which we looked at and we're almost to the place where we left off last time which is we, uh, us going through the first of the three sections of Musaf, special sections of Musaf, before we get back to familiar territory. This is with the Malchuyot section, the section on sovereignty. This is the section on Alenu, and it begins with some pretty serious choreography, with us doing a full prostration, those of us who are able to, a full prostration down on the ground for and so we go down and we supplicate and we give gratitude to God with our full bodies here. We do that before the king of the king of the kings, before the sovereign of the sovereign of the sovereigns, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, the Holy One, blessed be they. So that is that page of Malchuyot. We looked at that. We looked at the brief pute on page 155, this poem. And then we took a look on pages 156 and 157 uh, about uh, uh, the extra uh, verses beginning in the middle of page 156 and 157, these three different categories of verses, which we're going to see in each of the sections. Categories of verses that come from each of the different bits of our canon, of our biblical canon. And these verses are going to be themed... They're going to be themed based on uh, the section that we're in. And the editors of our CDOR don't want us to lose track of that. So they're going to go ahead and highlight for us that theme everywhere it pops up. So if you look all over the page, you're going to see highlighted Melech, 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 Hamelucha, Melech, Melech, all the roots everywhere there, letting us know that's why we chose this quote here. There's Melech. Does anyone recognize, by the way, any of these quotes? When you take a look at pages 156 and 157, do you catch any quotes here that look very familiar to you from somewhere else? Um, are you going to share the screen? Or 
Yes. Is it helpful to you when I do that? Well, I just don't have, I'm going to be about 20 minutes before I get to my book. Yeah, no problem. I'll, I'll share up the, uh, I have, I have it ready to, nope, that's the wrong one. Yeah. Let me find, uh, my, here it is. I have it ready to go. Does anyone recognize any quotes that are, um, that are familiar to you from other parts of the liturgy here on 156 or 157? Take a look at, uh, in the middle of 156, the second set of verses, bet. Alenu? Well, Alenu is, yes, of course, Alenu. Yeah, I got you on Alenu. But turn to page 156. Look at all these verses, Aleph, Bet, and Gimel. And Aleph, Bet, and Gimel, these verses in each of these sections. Remember, we looked at Kakatuv B'Torah Techa, as it's written in your Torah, Take a look at these verses that come from Torah, from the five books of Torah. Do any of these verses look familiar to you from any any place else in your liturgy? Look at Aleph. We see that all the time in davening, right? It all the time. Yeah. Does that look familiar? Sure. For sure you've seen that. Or look in the second set of verses from elsewhere in our Tanakh. This happens to come from Tehillim, from, from Psalms. Look at Bet. Vinda Emar. Do you see Bet in the second set of verses on the page? Adonai Malach Geut Lavesh, Lavesh Adonai Oshitazar, Aftikon Tevel Baltimot. I recognize it because I wrote a melody for Psalm 93 that I that I do often. Adonai Malach Geut Lavesh, Lavesh Adonai Oshitazar. Is that in Mari? That is in Kabbalat Shabbat because we do oh, okay. it's the last psalm of Kabbalat Shabbat. But you're right. It falls in Friday evening, okay, which is a part of the evening service, Mariv. That's the last psalm of Kabbalat Shabbat. Another way of singing it. All different ways that might be familiar to you. So these are all... Um, what I wanted to, to demonstrate to you is that they are all, uh, in addition to being pieces of our biblical liturgy, here we go, let me share the screen. In addition to being pieces of our biblical liturgy, they're also often pieces that are used in other parts of our liturgy as well. Does that make sense to you, right? They, they often are pieces that are, have been picked to be used in other parts of our liturgy additionally. So this is where we're looking. Here's the next page. So these are other additional verses that we're looking at. Let's see if there are any other familiar ones. How about this one? This look familiar to you? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. I would say that's familiar. Right? Sure. The Ritzay in red? Yeah. Right. But already I appreciate that. And I will add that is well past the verses. So we're no longer in the territory of verses. So Joel, just to go back to the structure, can I show you something? Take a look at the screen for a second. There are always going to be three sections of verses. Let me show you. Okay. So here we are on the page. I'm going back a page for a second to page 156. Here's section one, page 156. Here's section two, page 156. Mm -hmm. Next page. Top of the page, section three. 
That's our third section of verses. When we get to the middle section, we're now moving into the Ritzay prayers, first Meloch and then Ritzay. So now we're moving out of the biblical quotes, although there are biblical quotes that sometimes sneak into these sections as well. But now we're moving out of the section of biblical quotes and into the sections that focus on the blessings that are part of Kiddushat Hayom in this case. Okay. So now we're, we're out of that, uh, uh, out of that section. Actually, it's just really section. It's not really Kiddushat Hayom. It's, it's a focus on, on Malchut. It's, fo- it's a blessing on Malchut and on Mekadesh um, Yisrael Yom Hazikaron. It's kind of a mix of the two. I don't really, I don't know much about how we wound up at a mix of Kiddushat Hayom and also Malchut in this, section. This is the difference between me having a master's and a doctorate in liturgy. But uh, but here we are with a little bit of a mix of our Kiddushat Hayom prayers, like we would normally have if you recognize Joel Eloheinu Ritzei, Eloheinu Ritzei in this paragraph here. Kad sheinu b'mitzvotecha v'tein chalkeinu b'toratecha sabeheinu mitu vecha. It's familiar because it's similar language to the Kiddushat Hayom, the sanctifying of the day that we get for Shabbat. But instead, it's the sanctifying of the day for Yom Hazikaron, for Rosh Hashanah. And Shabbat, if you use the red. Okay? So, that is where we got up to last time. Any questions before we go to Zichronot? All right, Chavre. Here we go. I am going to mute everyone just so that the noise on the podcast is as clean as possible. So here we go. You're all doing great. Feel free to unmute yourself any moment you have a question. When we go to the next page, if it is not Shabbat, which it will be the first day of Rosh Hashanah this year, we sound the shofar here. It is the first time when we sound the shofar during the repetition of the Amidah. We sound the shofar just as it's prescribed right here. They're called out by the shofar caller. The shofar blower does the calling. So there are three people who are choreographed in the staging at this point. There's the person leading services, the person calling shofar, and third, the shofar blower. Then we sing Hayom Harat Olam. In the sanctuary, we sing the version that I wrote. In other places, we sing other popular Hayom Harat Olams. And then we sing Areshet Sifateinu. Uh, and um, that one we only sing on Shabbat. So we will skip it on the first day of Rosh Hashanah this year. Then that heralds the end of each section. Let me back up just one step. Oh, hang on just one moment. Sorry, nighttime duties call. Okay. Oh, I came back and there's another human here. Hello, Judy. Uh, okay. So here we go. Uh, I want us to take a look at the structure one more time just to memorize it before we go on. You ready? Opening gambit. Excuse me. Can you? I know you tried to enlarge it once, but sure. then it went back. Yeah, I'll you go. I'll go again. Keep it bigger. I have to do it each page individually, but I'll do it. Oh, really? Oh. I know. Isn't that... Fresh, Thank I, you, Barbara. I'm with you on that one. I agree. So here's opening gambit. Okay, we got opening, opening arguments. It's upon us to praise the Creator of all. Let's hate to give greatness to the Creator of creation. Great. 
Then, next page, see how it gets smaller again? Isn't that annoying? I'm very sorry. Then, oh, they might insert a poem, right? So, opening bit, poem. What's that? What page are you on there? 155. So, opening bit, poem. Then, a little more opening bit into the three sections of verses. One, Aleph, Bet, Gimel. Two, Aleph, Bet, Gimel. Next page. Three, Aleph, Bet, Gimel. Then our blessings, which are going to be that middle type of blessing always, right? Which are the ones that don't start with Baruch HaTad Hashem, but are going to end with it. Do you see where it ends with it? Here, Hang on. I'm going to zoom in this way. Okay. It ends with it right here. Um, where'd it go? There it is. Yeah, but it's it's uh, disappearing when I zoom in. We'll zoom in a little less. <laughs> yeah. Wee-yoy. That's not very friendly. Uh, so Baruch HaTad Hashem. And then that's going to be the end of it. And then we'll go to the next page. We'll get Shofar Hayom Areshet. All right. Opening. Poem. Three verses, three verses, three verses, blessing, shofar, hayom, areshet. We're going to get that again. Are you ready? Here's a little poem. Ignore the poem. The editors of the C-Door just put it in. Ignore it. Here we go. Opening gambit. Atazocher ma'ase olam. You remember the, the deeds of the world. Oh, look, they, they translated it over here, and I did the work anyway. I do that all the time. Uvokade kol kedem. And you are the protector of your, your, um, all of your creatures since forever. Lefanecha niglu kol talumot. Before you, it is revealed all of the things that are hidden. A beautiful poem that goes to just about here. Okay? Then... A second poem here, Zehayom Techilat Ma'asecha. This is the day of the beginning of your creation. Zikaron Yom Rishon, a remembrance of the first day. Another little story. Okay, let me zoom out again. It's going to continue down to here until, ah, uh, what do we get here? What do you see here? So this is going to be our first set of verses, right? So Zichronot's section starts with opening poetry, followed by three verses. And who does God remember? In the, in the remembrance section, when we first God is, we're always going to get a section from Torah, section from Tehillim, then section from Prophets, right? Torah, Psalms, Prophets. So who does God remember in the beginning remembrance sections? Noah. Noah. And then Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then... Moshe. And then you would think, right? Isn't that interesting? And then just a little bit more Jacob, and then Isaac, and then Abraham backwards. Mm. I don't really know why that... Why Moshe kind of doesn't make it in much to to the Machzor. Kind of like the, the Haggadah. Barbara, I'm glad you brought Moshe up. I don't know what happens. Moshe sort of gets left out of Sidor stuff. 
Let, let me ask you a question, if you don't mind. Sure, please. Now, I, I'm sure there's others like me that can't possibly read through the whole, uh, I mean, the, when we're doing the silent one. What parts can we leave out? Is this, should we read just these ABC, um, the Aleph Bet Gimel, and, and leave, not worry about the rest of it to try to get through it? Great. I mean, it's a long prayer. Thank you. Thank you for asking the question in the form that you asked it in. Can you hold that thought until we get to Sim Shalom? And then we're going to go back to the beginning and I'm going to walk it through with you as if you are a person who is certain that there is no way that you can pray every word in Hebrew in the time allotted. And I promise you, I'm going to walk us through just like that. Okay. And I'll walk you through with two with two ideas in mind. Okay. 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 Great. Um, thank you for your, for your acquiescence to that. Um, here, here are three ideas, uh, here you got your, your, uh, set of Torah verses, your set of Tehillim verses, which are just different. God remembers Maasim, God remembers, you know, deeds, God remembers the covenants. And then let me zoom out so you can see God remembers our ancestors. And then we get to. Do you see what this is? Eloheinu, Veloheavotenu. What is this probably going to be the beginning of? Uh, we got our verses, verses, verses. Opening poetry, verses, 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 followed by? Prayers. Followed by blessing. We need to get to a blessing. Okay? We're going to get to a blessing. So here's the, where the blessing ends is right here. Baruch atah Hashem, Zocher Habrit, right here. That's the blessing. That's the actual chatima of the blessing. But the the blessing actually begins back here. Eloheinu velohevotenu zuchreinu bezikaron tov. That's where it begins, and then it's super long, <laughs> right? But but you know super long blessings. You you're familiar with those because you've seen long paragraphs in in Birkat Hamazon. You've seen them in. Kiddish, right? You know that sometimes paragraphs of blessing are very long paragraphs of blessing, right? But I think that Birchat Amazon is a better example because you know that sometimes you have paragraphs of blessing that begin not with Baruch HaTad Hashem, like Rachem na Adonai Eloheinu al Yisrael Amecha Feral Yerushalayim Yerecha right? And you know there are these long paragraphs then with Baruch HaTad Hashem, but the paragraph doesn't start with Baruch HaTad Hashem. Same story here. Elokeinu velokei avoteinu. Until Baruchat Hadoshem Zocher Haberit. And then we do the shofar calls, followed by Hayom Areshet. Right? Poetry. Verses. 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 Big blessing paragraph. Zocher Habrit. And we're going to bless God. Right, the first one we're going to bless God as Melechel Kolharetz, King of the Universe. Second one, and by the way, why King of the Universe? Because that's the sovereignty section. Now we're in the Zichronot section. We're in the Remembrances section, so we're going to bless God as the Zocher Habrit, the Rememberer of the Covenant. Okay, you ready for the third section? It's the same structure. It's like it starts to get. I'm not going to say boring, but it starts to get regular. If you if you start to if you get to know the construction of it, you're like, I know what's. I just want you to be excited that you know what's coming. Then you see meditations on Shofarot, and you're like, you know what I'm about to say, right? 
skip this, right? Because it's just meditations on shofar. Don't worry about it. Get to the next section. You're even going to skip this because see this little thing that says shofarot, six bracha shofarot over here? Even if you've got eyesight that thinks this is tiny, you can tell. It doesn't really start till halfway down the page, so don't worry about it. You've got a tiny opening section. How do you know it's a tiny opening section? Because look, already partway down the page after that, what have you got here? Three verses. You got three verses. So it starts with Atad Miglita Be'anan Kvodacha. And you, you've got the Aleph Bet Gimel verses. Yeah. Happening. You were revealed in the cloud of your glory. Al-Am Kodshecha. To the people of your holiness. Lidaber Imam. To speak with them. Mina Shamayim Hishmatam Kolecha. They heard your voice from the heavens. It's a cool paragraph, actually. I like dominating that paragraph. I usually get excited, but mostly because we're almost at the end. You guys get to know that secret. That's why I'm excited when we get to that paragraph. But it's also a beautiful paragraph. And it's a short opening section leading us to, as Judy points out, this first section here. This is a fun section because the shofarot verses, unlike the covenantal verses, the zichronot verses are kind of unfamiliar. I don't think that the verses that are chosen in the zichronot section mostly show up in places that people who are sidur savvy know them otherwise, but the verses in the Shofarot section are very familiar verses for the most part. So, for example, let's take a look at some. We'll look at the next page. Here are some that might look familiar. Might sound kind of familiar. Or, I don't know why that sounds like a Christmas carol to me when I sing it. Just just does. Maybe it's because Jews wrote Christmas carols. <laughs> right? So maybe we wrote Christmas carols the way that this sounds. Tell me that doesn't sound a little like Christmas carols. I think anyway. Okay. And then the next part is just an entire psalm, which can we just say cheating a little bit, right? If you were with me in the beginning, you're going to remember this, and it's going to harken back to something that I said in this class and in the Sidor class. What do the rabbis love to do? We love to pretend that we read the whole book of Psalms. So here we're doing it again. Look, we finished the whole book of Psalms, because remember, we've been reading little sections of Psalms, right? So we read it in the first section in Malchoyot, second section Zichronot, third section we read three little clips. So if you're keeping score here, we have now read nine uh clips nine little quotes from psalms and the rabbis are like look we finished the book of psalms we're reading the whole thing but why did they have us read it not just for that reason hallelujah shofar right it's actually about shofar so it's not just cheating it really is thematically appropriate that's kind of cool so that's why that shows up in the shofar section and it I don't know. I kind of think that's why Shofar got put in the in the last in the order so that we could do this. That's my theory about why Shofar wound up third in the order. Why Zikronot then Shofar so that they could do this so that we could land on Psalm 150. That's my theory. It, it It's just a theory. I don't have anything backing it up other than just all other CDOR structure seems to support that. And then we get to the third section here, uh, which is again from the Nevi'im. Um, and we have other kind of familiar-ish verses again from Shofar. 
Okay. When we finish the third section of verses, what are we going to get to? What happens after we get through a third section of verses? Verses, verses, verses. Now, opening section, three sections of verses, followed by opening section, verses, 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 long blessing. Blessing. Right, long blessing. Eloheinu veloheavotenu. Takab b'shofar gadol lecherutenu v'san neis lekabetz galuyotenu v'kareb pizurenu mi ben ha'goyim unafutzotenu kanes miyargete aretz. I love that song. Anyone else? V'kareb pizurenu mi ben ha'goyim v'kareb pizurenu ayayayay. Yeah, you could do a medley. They mash up very well. Um, uh, anyway. I like those songs. I think I'm going to sing them this year just for fun. And then, and on my own, I won't hear anyone else singing them. I'll just sing them on my own. And then we get to the blessing right here. That's why cantors do that. Because trua means like a trill. So we do trua or trua, just to be word painting. Amo Yisrael, right? So hearing the call of the sounding of the people of Israel in mercy. And then, tikiah, we sound the shofar, hayom areshet. The structure doesn't change opening bit verses right three verses three verses three verses long blessing long blessing sound the shofar hayom areshet every single time that's the structure in these three sections this is making me excited yeah great what's cool is that as you go through it this way it kind of proves to you like that i'm i'm, that I'm not making it up i hope I'm not making it up. It just is. It doesn't change. The structure of the Machsor sticks, and it hopefully doesn't get boring. And then the second day, you can find things you didn't find the first day, which is a little bit of a teaser to what we're going to do for Barbara, where we go back to the beginning, and we're going to look at what you can look at each time. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to finish up this Amidah, and then we're going to go back. And I want to make a little question, but I can hold it for later. Okay, hang tight to your question for a moment. Barbara, were you going to say something? I know that you kind of excite me because you get so excited. You make me feel good about coming. I, you should yeah. be proud of yourself. Thank you. I Can you tell I really like liturgy? I'm probably yeah, doing the right yeah. thing. Yeah, I think it's really great. Thanks. I really enjoy liturgy. And I really like that. I, I like... Um, I like people feeling an ownership over liturgy. It's really, really important that you know that this liturgy is yours to daven. It's not like some mysterious box of something that you should be able to maybe sometimes access or not. It's yours to daven. So I get very excited when I can say, look, it's it's that thing that we saw earlier. So good. Look, it, it should be. A, I remember one Shabbos 35 years ago. When and I was in San Francisco at my home shul from when I was a kid. And people started davening with the chazan, with the cantor. And the rabbi stepped up and said, would you please stop talking and singing? This is the chazan's, this is the cantor's time to sing. I could not believe it. I still can't believe it. That people were told, and you're making me feel good that we should be singing. 
Well, I'll make you feel really good and say this year you're on mute, so you can sing as loud as you want, and I won't even know. It's even better. No, I, <laughs> I love it when people sing. I think I think people should be encouraged to, and I also think that there is something important. What, what I will say about moments like that is that sounds like it was orchestrated terribly. And when you have the right organic relationship with a any prayer leader, including a chazan and a community, then just like any good relationship between people who, yeah, any good loving relationship, there should be an organic back and forth, right? With a kedusha, there should be, you shouldn't have to step and say, hey, excuse me, this is a cantor's turn. If it's working right, if there's an organic nature to it, then there should be a feeling Then when I started and do, People should go, oh, you know, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to listen for a second. This doesn't feel like a moment where I should be singing with Cantor Tourney. I'm listening, right? There should be an organic, they should know from the way that I'm singing that usually I sing, Oh, if they're paying attention, they know me and I know them, then they know from this moment and from all of their contexts that, in that moment, maybe they're listening to me, Davin, and that's okay to occasionally have that moment from context. Um, but if it's not happening naturally and someone has to say it, that sounds like a, an unhealthy relationship. You know, Rabbi, you never know. There may be a surprise gift waiting for you this Rosh Hashanah because in a Zoom environment, every individual feels like he or she is alone with you. And it may just be a richer and more intimate davening experience than ever before. Yeah, I really I play, hope so. I play piano behind everything, and Rabbi Clickfield doesn't know. I'm not going to tell. Well, that's, that's going to make it to a podcast now, but sure. he does. I don't know. I don't know. I doubt he listens to my podcast, although I listen to his. His are very good. Okay. So I have to say that. They pay me to say. Okay. So uh, at the top of page... Um, at the top of page 167, we return to utterly familiar territory. Ritze. Ritze is in every Amidah, right? We always, and now we're back to the, we finished the section. So you believe it really, they really are concrete sections. Malchuyot, opening section, and then three verses, three verses, three verses, long blessing, shofar blasts, Hayom Areshet. Same thing with Zichronot, same thing with Shofarot. Once we finish our Reshet, bam, we're done into Ritzei. Normal. We skip this because this is about the when the when Kohanim are davening, when they're duchening on site, when we're doing actual Kohen blessings on site. We don't do that at our shul. We go, skip to Vitechazene Nenu, normal davening. Modima Nachnulach, normal davening. Next page. Normal davening. Extra super cool paragraph that is just about God's mighty kingship and reminding God that God has some good qualities that might be nice to call upon in this season. Like, you know, rachamim, mercy, and chvosh kascha. Like, tamp down your anger, God. That would be nice right about now. So this is just a little extra paragraph. Get stuck in here. And then we get this little extra recitation here. If we were in person, a little cool thing would happen. At this verse and every other verse that gets stuck in like this. 
you all would daven it first, and then I would daven it back at you. So you would daven. And I would daven it back at you. That's a nice organic relational moment. You daven it first, then I daven it. Anytime we get this one-liner, there are several throughout. It happens only in the two sections of the Amidah that are normative sections, the three blessings at the beginning, and in the three blessings at the end, you have these insertions. So it happens at the Nichamocha Av Harachamim and Zochreinu before that, right? Those couple. And it happens here at Uchtov Lechaim. And after this next normal section, skip the bottom of that page. Here we go. Priestly blessing, top of this page. All services continue here. Again, you daven this before me, and then I come in. But instead of, no way, because we're going to sing this. So after you get to daven this first, we're going to sing it. That's my choice of tune. But whatever tune we'd sing, we'd sing it there. Okay? And then a couple of verses. And then... We're going to... Whatever tune you sing, do you mean people sing different melodies at the same time? No, no, no. I mean, whatever tune we're singing in that minion. But that would be... I mean, they might this year, Joel. That's true. Because they might be behind their Zoom while singing. I'm going to forget what tune she's singing. I'm going to sing whatever tune I want, right? No, all the all the rules are off for Zoom. I was talking about... Yeah. No, in a, nor- a normal year, one tune rules them all. And then... Um, and then we have Hayom Te'amsenu. And then that gets stuck in there. We, we do sing that out loud together. It's a nice little poem. Followed by the blessing at the end, which I will remind you is not the normative blessing. It ends with Oseh HaShalom. This gets a little extra-fied here. This gets a little extra paragraph. A few extra quotes from, from um, Zechariah? Isaiah? Isaiah. Isaiah. That's a great song. I never sing it there, though, because I'm usually very tired. Great song. But I would not sing it there. I'd be very tired, and so would you. Uh, And that is the end of the Amidah. So that gets us through the end because it's just the normal structure. It's just got those extra little bits and pieces stuck in, which means that this year you're going to know that once we get to Ritzay, we're done. You don't have to even count pages, right? Machuyot, zirhonot, shofarot. Once we get to Psalm 150, you're like, oh, home stretch. But you're for sure going to know once we get to Ritzei Adonai Eloheinu B'machai Yisrael Levitilatam. It's always the end of the Amidah. Modim Anach Nulach. Four paragraphs left. You're almost done, right? Okay, let's go back to the beginning of the Amidah and let's answer Barbara's question, which is what in the universe do you do uh, if you know you can't get through all of it on your own. The first thing that I'm going to say, though, is that we're going to look back not at the repetition of the Amidah. We're going to look back to the private recitation, which is a slightly different text. It's slightly shrunken because not all of those big PU team, those big poems exist in the private recitation. So we're going to go back to that, right? Do, do. Here. Okay. First thing I'm going to say is the simplest. This is page 125. This is Tefillah Amidah Belach in a whisper. And they translate it the silent Amidah, which is wrong. 
They mean for you to say it out loud in a whisper. I'm not going to get into that now. I could teach an entire class on that, but it's meant to be said in a whisper. Two things. One is really simple and the rest requires explanation. The simplest thing I can say to you is any of this can be said in English. Please don't be ashamed or shy about saying any of it in English. Just so you can feel it better, so you can get through it better, enjoy it in English. Feel free to do that. That's the first thing. The second thing is a little more complex, which is to walk through the sections that are skippable. So here's what you're going to do in a private Amidah. You're going to daven through this page, the Avot page. I'm going to point to the Hebrew, but you're going to know that I mean you could do it in English too now that I've said it. You're going to daven through this page and through the normal stuff on, um, on a, uh, which will be mostly familiar to to you through I'm going to guess that right here after this is about the part where everybody slows down especially the first day of Rosh Hashanah because that material is that's tough stuff to get back in your mouth so if you're once you get into here again you could switch over to the English if you want to but if you need to you could skip over these uvechain paragraphs because they are inserted paragraphs. And if you needed to, you could skip over the uvechain paragraphs, those three here. I would pick up again at Vetim Loch and go through Kadosh Shemecha because that is your miniature Kadusha ending in Baruch Atadosham Hamelecha Kadosh. I would say Atavechartanu and Vatitenlanu, which you could do in the English, the fourth Baracha because that's all about the holiness of Rosh Hashanah. And then I would do all of this business in the English, because it's all about uh, just reading about the, the, it's actually a story. Here's what we were commanded to do on this day on, uh, and it takes a while to get through um, the, the full story of which sacrifice we were commanded to do on which day. Then uh, you can actually, um, skip down to the Yismichu, which you know how to do, I bet, in the Hebrew. If not, you could skip over to the English. Then you could say Aleinu. Bet you know how to do that, probably. And same with Alkein Nekaveh paragraph. And then, yes, I would recommend picking one verse from each of the sections just for fun. And you could pick a different verse each day, and that's okay. You can say those verses, and it's not a big deal if you do or if you don't. On the first day, you're going to have a time saver in just a minute. Either in the English or the Hebrew, you should say this paragraph or this paragraph, the full business. You're going to skip over. We do not do the silent shofar. We don't do shofar blasts in the whispered Amidah, though some communities do. And then that's it for that whole section. So this you're going to follow the same structure all the way through. You can skip over all the poetry if you want to. It's just poetry. And then again, you can pick one from each of the paragraphs if you'd like to. But every time you get to that structural part where you get to the Elokeinu Velokeavotenu, I recommend saying the the full blessing, either in the Hebrew or the English. And then every time you get to the paragraph that begins Elokeinu Velokeavotenu, remember in each of the structures at the end of that third paragraph of of, uh, third set of of verses, you're going to get to that long blessing. And you're going to say it in the Hebrew or the English. So even if you run out of time to say any of the verses, I would say, say that you're blessing paragraphs. And then same thing again, you can skip over all the poetry in the beginning if you want to or need to. You could say any one of each of the verses in each of the paragraphs or not. 
And again, when you get to the Elocanu Velocavotanu paragraph, same story until you get to the end to the blessing. And then here you get to the Ritzei Adosham Elocanu Bamachayus Alaviti Latan. And to the end, I would say you either do the Hebrew or the English until you're you're done being comfortable because it really is just this. It's the end of this page until here. That's the end of the Amidah. That's it. Hey, is that helpful, Barbara? Okay. Judy, were you still holding on to a question before I, I'm going to stop my screen share, but were you still holding on to a question? Um, I think you might've answered it, but I, in the beginning, it might've been in the Sidora class when there was an Aleph Bet Gimel and you said they are Piyotim and we can pick one and 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 another time the other uh, but they i recall they were longer and in the sidor or was it the machzor i don't remember um the alabit gimel were actually a little larger and here they're tiny and they're just they look like single verses um and is there a qualitative difference or do you know what i'm talking about I'm no. not sure what you might be referencing. Here is what I am guessing you are referencing, but I'm not certain. Let me see if I got this right. Just by coincidence, I think the editors of the Sidor happen to use the same type of designation of Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalit, etc. to indicate when they have a series of Psalms that we're going to say in a set. So this happens a couple of times. It happens at Kabbalat Shabbat, and it happens also, and this is what I think you're referring to, it happens in the morning during Pesuke to Zimra. So That's it happens it. in the set that of Shabbat and festivals. Thank you. Don't don't try to derive too much significance out of the fact that those are all of Bed and Gimel, and these are all of Bed and Gimel. They're just numbering them. But Thank you're right you. for remembering it. You're right for remembering it, though. Aye, aye, Captain. Okay, great. Let's uh, let's switch over to spending a little time on the evening service. Are you ready for that? Could we switch our brains over? We have spent so long on those morning services. We are going to switch our brains over to some Kol Nidre time. As I was saying before everybody joined, so and before I turned on the recording, so I'm going to back up and reframe and rephrase this evening services for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are extremely similar. The core is identical, but Yom Kippur has two things added to it. Something at the beginning and something at the end. At the beginning, the famous iconic Kol Nidre, the vow, the dismissal of, of vows. And then at the end, Salichot, which are these supplications, these extra prayers, which Ashkenazim say for a few weeks ahead of time during the Elul season. Uh, and we say specifically on Selichot evening, which is coming up on the 12th. And then we're going to add them all throughout all five services during the day of Kol Nidre, starting at uh, the Kol Nidre evening Mariv service. But by studying the Kol Nidre service, we will have looked at also the content of the Rosh Hashanah Mariv service. Does that make sense? Even the Nusach. Okay, even, even the Nusach is the same. There's only one difference in the Nusach. Can anybody guess what the difference is? There's only one difference in the Mariv Nusach from Baruchu to 
Alenu from Barhu to Kadishalem. Actually, there's only one difference. I'll give you a hint. It is something that we normally do not do out loud, but on Yom Kippur, Barbara got it. What is it? You remember? I got it too. But go ahead. She buzzed in first. Yeah, you wanna you wanna give it to us, Barbara? Hang on, you gotta unmute to do it though. Oh, uh, the line after the Shema. You got it. Exactly. Ed is said out loud. It's recited out loud starting in the evening. That's the only difference. Everything else is identical. All right. That begs the question of why do we say it softly uh, at other times? It's a great why do we question. Not say it on the same day all the time. No one can ever explain that to me. <laughs> That's a great that's a great parking lot question. Hang on to that question and next class I'll answer it, okay? I will hang on tight to that question. I will, I I can answer that next class. All right. So, we've got questions lining up in the parking lot. I sure do. Wait, what was my other one? Do I have other I have other ones? I'm forgetting about. Uh-oh. Okay. So, That's the only one you've answered the others. I think I answered the other ones. I think I got the other. Well, let me know if I if I run out of them. Okay. So, uh, good. So, <sighs> here we go. Kol Nidre. I'm going to share my screen. In the evening time, some people put on kittles, reminiscent of uh, wedding time, reminiscent of Pesach time, reminiscent of Tachrichin, which we wear uh, upon death, at the death shrouds. Some people put on kittles. I do when I lead. Some people put on tali tote. Uh, it is the only time we do that anticipatorily in the evening time. So those are two garments we might put on, and we put them on with, uh, with special intention and also the tali with a blessing as well. Once we do that, we turn to page... 204 we take out torah scrolls this is also odd because we're not going to read from them in the evening so that's also exceptional we don't usually take out a torah scroll unless we're going to read from them we sing this line which comes from one of the psalms that we say on uh psalm 97 i think is the reference on the page that's correct psalm 97 or uh, we sing that that song and that psalm on uh, during Kabbalat Shabbat, but we sing that song and then we do Bishiva Shalmala. Um, and I was just reminded of something beautiful today. I was I tuned into a Cantor's Assembly. Um, we do this sort of song swap thing once every few weeks, and Joey Weisenberg um, came on and he had studied with a really wonderful Chazan and teacher, Noah Shal. And Joey was reminding all of us of a nigun that Noah, that Chazan Shal used to use in his, uh, in his Kol Nidre time. And he used to use it before and during um, Kol Nidre. And I had been taught this in Cantorial school and I totally forgot about it, but it's so beautiful. He goes, that's the whole thing. And he would use it throughout. 
And so we would sing, and we always sing these verses first, and we sing them three times. Bishiva Shalmala, Ushiva Shalmata, and the Yeshiva that is the heavenly Yeshiva, and even the Yeshiva, the Beit Din, that's below the the considering parties about the law you know, as we're considered sort of in our vertical relationship with the divine and our horizontal relationship with other human beings. The Yeshiva Shemala, the Yeshiva Shemata, Al-Daitamakom, V'al-Tatakahal, Anumatirin litpalelim havarianim. It is Beautiful moment. We do it three times. I had totally forgotten about that Nigun until today, and I'm so grateful he brought it back. And then we recite Kol Nidre three times as a way of releasing our vows, as a, really, as a way of starting Kol Nidre evening, as a way of starting Yom Kippur off, as a way of leaning into the themes of the day, which is to say that we are entering a season where we're being judged for both the revealed and hidden actions that we've taken throughout the season we're responsible to do tshuva for the relationships that we can repair, where we are responsible uh, to consider what this past year has been and what this coming year can be. And then we sing the following three times. So this one's an aspirational verse. This one is like, so we're kind of hopeful this worked. Th- thanks. Right, that's the, this is the post verse, an assurance of forgiveness. I like that wording. Okay, we sing that three times afterwards. And then a little hint of slichot. I sometimes hint a little bit at the Ne'ila Nusach. You'll catch me. Ne'ila is not going to come till the next night. But I like to hint a little bit at it. It's like, don't worry. It's only 24.2 hours left of the fast. <laughs> Sometimes I like to do that just a little bit. Because it, um, this is a little bit resonant of a, of a piece of liturgy, which we'll do next time when we look at the liturgy of Neila. Um, <laughs> And then we sing Shechianu because we made it to this season. Any questions on Kol Nedre? Great. If it's Shabbat, which it's not this year, I think it was last year. I can't remember. Uh, we do the Psalm for Shabbat just because like we do any Yom Tov going into Shabbat, we would have to hint at it. Oh, no, this is not a good time for this to freeze. No, no. Don't do that. Here, I'll, re- I'll refresh it. Um, just a moment. That wasn't fun. Here we go. Aravit Leom Kippur. That's what I want. So, 
Whenever we have Mariv, here's where you got to before where it froze. Just want to show you, prove to you. Turn the page and we get to Baruchu. This is where we go back, whether it's Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur, we go back to the Nigun. Right? Same, identical. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. Ditto. Right? Here's the structure. Here's the cool part. Because you did Shacharit with me, you know this. We're going to do Baruchu, and then how many blessings are we going to have before Shema? Hold up your fingers. Two blessings before Shema, and then one after, okay? We're going to get three blessings sandwich. Two before, one after. We're going to have light, love, Shema, and then we're going to have redemption. And then I told you about this before, but I'll remind you that in the evening, we always get an extra blessing because nighttime's scary. Still is. So, but especially in ancient times. So here's the one about light, okay? So, um, the evening-er of evenings, I like to say. Okay, the second one, Ahavat Olam Beit Israel, like eternal love, with eternal love you've loved Israel. And then Ohev Amo Yisrael, lover of your people Israel, the one who loves your people Israel. Then Shema, three paragraphs. If it's Rosh Hashanah, we're going to say Shema out loud. If it's Yom Kippur, second line out loud as well. And then Adoshem Elokechem Emet, then Munah, right? Identical to Shachari, just it's in structure. And then we get to the redemption part, right? We're going to get to Ga'al. See? Same structure. Micha Mocha, followed by Ga'al, that redemption structure again. Micha Mocha, redemption. Same thing, morning and evening. And then... Where is Ga'al? I'm not seeing that. Bottom of 210. There's a special tune there. There's, I don't know why that one gets a special one. I think that's Kochko's thing. I got to look that up. That's either Kochko or Alter. Okay. One or the other. And then, whoops, nighttime's a little scary, so we get an extra something. This is Hashkivenu. Watch over us. Hashkivenu Adonai Eloheinu Shalom v'hamidinu malkinu l'chaim. Even get a special reference to watch out for plagues. <laughs> God. So that's an extra one every night. I think about that. And then Hapares uh, Sukkot Shalom, the one who spreads God's sukkah of peace over God's people, Israel. Followed by, if it were Shabbat Vashamru. Say that again. So that's a good one for this year. That's a great one for this year. I agree. Then Vishamru or Kiva Yom Hazei Chaper Alecham. 
If it's Shabbat, we get Vishamru. If it's Rosh Hashanah, we get nothing extra. If it's Yom Kippur, we get just this little extra mention. For on this day, God will be redeeming of them to purify them from all of their sins. Before God, you will be pure. Just a little extra reassurance. Nice, right? Uh, and then before we go into the whispered Amidah, the whispered Amidah for the evening, whether it's, you know, Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur, going to be a little bit different on Rosh Hashanah than it is on Yom Kippur. We're going to look at it for Yom Kippur now. And that's all we're going to have time to get to. And I'll give you a little sneak preview of Slichot. And next time we'll pick up at Slichot which will be the perfect thing for us to do to go into Ne'ilah next time because Ne'ilah is also mostly made up of Slichot. So that'll be a great bridge to next time. But let's take a look at this together. We start, as usual, with exactly the same text as every other Amidah in the entire universe. So that's great, right? No surprises there. Remember, this Amidah, because it's an evening Amidah, has no repetition. Traditionally speaking, with the exception of the Reform and Reconstructionist movement who have made some different choices in recent memory, in most of Jewish history, liturgical repetitions of the Amidah do not exist in the evening time, right? We just do whispered Amidah only. So we do our whispered Amidah beginning here. We start with the Avot, Givuro, uh, the Avot Imahot paragraphs here and move to that little insertion, but we're not singing. None of this is like bolded because we're not singing. This is all private prayer. So the special insertion. Freeze. Kedusha gets interrupted like every other Amidah ever on the High Holy Days. And then what's going to come? What do you guess? I want you to guess. Don't look ahead. What always interrupts? If it's not Unatana because that's what what's going to come in private Amidah. Remember the oldest insertion ever? The Uvchains. They show up every time. This is the oldest insertions. The Uvchain paragraphs always show up, followed by... Again, the following that always shows up. Atavichartanu, you chose us. Vatitanlan, you placed in us with love this Yom Hakiporim Haza. to purify us, to get sin away from us. And then in Elokeinu Velokabotu Ya Leviyavo again for the season. Followed by another Elokeinu Micholavonotenu. This still hasn't finished the blessing until the next page. Another Elokeinu Velokeinu. It's a series. It's a chain of blessings until we get to Melech Kol Haaretz Mekadesh Yisrael V'Yom HaKippurim. This one we can actually sing if it's not Shabbat. Melech Kol Haaretz. Except this is a whispered Amidah, so we're not singing it. Never mind. And then Ritzay. Wait a minute. Ritzay, what does that mean? What does that mean? Huh? It's towards the end again. Yes. Yeah. Way to go, Denise. Yes, we are almost done. It's already almost done. It's so fast. It's a really quick Amidah. But it's a teaser. It's a real teaser on Yom Kippur, okay? Because you think you're almost done. But watch out. Ritzay is here. Then Vitechazena, Then Modim. Right? Just, and then 
If it's the evening, look, it's different. If it's the evening, we say Shalom Rav. If it's the morning or evening, afternoon, we say Sim Shalom. All services, we say Besefer Chaim. And then we get to the Dewey. So we finish Osei HaShalom, and then we insert supplications. So we do a vidui, a personal confessional. We begin with Elokeinu ve'elokei avotenu, tavo lefanecha tefilatenu, ve'alti talami techinatenu. So we begin with God asking us, oh, God asking us, with us asking God, don't ignore our plea, right? So we are not saying that we're without sin. We're saying we've sinned. Please listen to our vidui, our prayers of confession. And then we get, this is all within a whispered amidah, Asham knew, Bagad knew, Gazal knew, Dibarnu Dofi, right? We do a little pound of the chest. If we were doing it out loud, it would be, We'll get there. A few weeks, we're almost there. We do that privately. Then Sarnu Mitzvotecha, turn from your your mitzvahs, from your commandments. Atayu Derase Olam. We, we're doing these little extra paragraphs in which we admit that God understands the secrets of the universe, including the stuff that's hidden inside us. It's theologically interesting, like us admitting that God knows the stuff that we've done this year, even the stuff that we haven't really admitted to. God knows what we've done, and therefore, we're going to go through a long confessional, an alchet. And here it is. We're not going to look at it really close up. But here, here is the confessional. It begins here. It's traditional to hit our chest once as we go through each of these lines, even as we say them privately. To get to Barbara's question that I'm anticipating, you can absolutely say any and all of this in English. I often do, especially with the vidui, just to make acknowledgments, because this is really personal about confessing the things that I have done this year. There's also a lot of interesting thought and theology around saying the things I, we, even when I or we haven't done the things that we are confessing to. A lot to think about. It's a long confessional. And then we end here with this last paragraph. We end with a paragraph that says, And forgive us the breach of all commandments and prohibitions, whether involving deeds or not, whether known to us or not. The sins known to us we have acknowledged, and those unknown to us are surely known to us. As the Torah says, Secret matters are the concern of Adonai, our God, but in matters that are revealed, it is for us and our children to apply all teachings of the Torah till the end of time. And then we go into our, just end your own private Amidah with private thoughts and prayers. And that's the extra private confessional. When we resume next week, we're going to take a closer look at what Slichot sounds like when we do it uh, out loud together. Because, take a look at this. On Erev Yom Kippur, when we finish with our private Amidah, we come back together for actual out loud salichot. But you knew that. So we're, that's where we're going to join together next time, starting with We're going to begin with Ya'ale next time. That is where we'll pick up. Let me stop my screen share and see if there are any questions. Any thoughts or questions about what we went through tonight? We got through Musaf, we did it, and we got through covered a lot of ground. Good job. Yeah, we covered a lot of ground. This this has nothing to do with what we did tonight, but what I'm picking up from you in the last few weeks. Why did you go on to rabbinical school? You love the cantorial stuff. Why did you go on to rabbinical school, if you don't mind my asking? Sure. So 
When I, Cantorial School started in Jerusalem. Uh, and when I was in Jerusalem for that first year, it was located, Cantorial School was located in the conservative yeshiva. So I was taking classes at the conservative yeshiva. And I loved it. I loved studying there. I was also additionally studying other Torah subjects, even Lishma, even for their own sake. I was really loving it. When I came back to JTS, to the seminary in New York for my second year of cantorial school, I wanted to get my master's in rabbinics. I wanted to do my master's degree, which you can really choose to get your master's in anything while you're getting your cantorial certificate, so to speak. You could get your master's in whatever. I wanted to get my master's in rabbinics, but there was kind of a dissolution of departments at the seminary that didn't allow for me to do that. So the only way for me to do the studies that I wanted to do of rabbinic subject was for me to go to rabbinical school. What I mean by that is if I wanted to take courses on Talmud uh, rabbinics, the history of Hasidut, uh, more on medieval poetry, um, if I wanted to do rabbinic internships, if I wanted to take nonprofit management, if I wanted to do all, if I wanted to do all sorts of stuff on the study of, but like mostly the Beit Midrash stuff, you know, I wanted to do more rabbinic studies. So it was never really to, to do the pulpit rabbinic stuff. I just I just wanted more more of the Beit Midrash. That was what it started out to be. In the end, I really joined a cohort of rabbinical students as well. So I also took a rabbinic internship and learned from amazing pulpit rabbis and wound up also learning how to do the kind of things that I wind up doing as ostensibly also as a pulpit rabbi, right? I, I also act as a pulpit rabbi all the time. I have conversion candidates. So um, there are things that I do that that most pulpit cantors don't do. Um, but it's true that a lot of the stuff that I do and a lot of the stuff that I'm passionate about doing, many learned cantors do. Uh, and it makes a lot of sense, I think, that I took a job how many years did you have to go to school between cantorial and rabbinical school? Six torturous years. So you only had one extra year. But I took the third, schools. But I was enrolled in 13 graduate courses a semester to do it. Wow. So I didn't sleep. But I was young and... What are you now? Young. I was young. <laughs> I was younger and not thinking. <laughs> 13 classes. I, there are people who take seven at AJR semester, and it's yeah. beyond me. 13, you didn't sleep at all those six years, did no. you? No. Uh, Mar Only when you're under 30 can you survive that. Correct. Marsha Gilchin did the rabbinical, I mean, the cantorial school years ago. Right. And and then had all along the way was taking rabbinical school classes because she was working as a cantor and, and she had children and a husband and stuff. Anyone who has asked me my advice, I have told them, get one degree at a time. A anyone who has asked me. And a couple of people have followed that, that advice since. A couple of people who I knew who were in the cantorial school have wound up finishing up their one degree and then uh, following up by taking an, 
a path to get the degree secondarily. I it's have just a, a cousin. I have a cousin back east, <clears throat> a younger a second a second cousin that's doing cantorial school on the reform movement, and she seems to be doing like about four years for that. Is that correct? Five, five years. Yeah, it should be. It's it's a it's a five year program. It's it's a lot. How did you have time to get together with Daniel? What's that? How did you have time to get together with Daniel? Yeah. <laughs> we 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 met at the conservative yeshiva in the Beit Midrash. We met actually. So Ella was born on August twenty fifth, two thousand and fifteen, and Daniel and I met on August twenty fifth. Just by utter coincidence, we met August twenty fifth, two thousand and eight seven years earlier. So we met before the year even started. And we spent that year together really, we really, the the great thing about that first year in Israel, and by the way, a couple of years later, when we went back to Israel, is that those years in Israel were really intensive in the studies that we had when we were there. And being in Israel is an intense time, but it's not particularly intensive when it comes to the work you have to produce when you're there. A lot of classes to be in. It's a lot of time to be in class, but we didn't have six jobs at the time, and we didn't have homework to do necessarily every single night. And we, I don't know, to this day, we still, we still like sometimes for fun study Parsha on Shabbos and like study, like it's exactly what you think. <laughs> we, we really enjoy tech study together and, you know, running dress out by each other. And there are no coincidences, don't you know that? None at all. Our poor, poor children. Yeah. <laughs> I, hope they enjoy, I hope they enjoy the sciences. <laughs> thank well, you for giving us that history. They, thank you for being here each week, and I will see you next week yeah, sure. for our final unit of this particular class. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.